When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hello and what? No, sorry. It's uh, it's Neil Cameron is away this week, so it's me, Mark Douglas, here uh, hosting the podcast uh, with Lee Ryder, the chief sports writer of the Chronicle. And Andrew Fowler, who's our Newcastle United writer and advanced content writer. So it's uh, another uh, international break gone, Newcastle United. It's been a pretty quiet one, but uh, we're heading into an absolutely huge game against Leicester tomorrow. I mean, we'll start with you, Lee. This We've said everyone's a, a must-win, haven't we? It's been pretty much all we've talked about uh, since the start of the season. But how important is this? Well, it's vital. It seems that every week we're sat here saying, must win, must win. But, you know, they still haven't got off the mark yet. Mm. And if you look at the fixture list on in July, when the season kicked off, you thought, that's not a bad, that's not a bad kind of start for the lads, is mm. it? You know. But here we are, going in the third week of October, still without a win for, for Alan Pardew. And um, as it stands this afternoon, doesn't look like there's any chance of him you know, moving away mm. from the manager's hot seat, regardless of the result. But we'll see what happens on Saturday night. I thought uh, there was a piece you wrote this week, which was really interesting, in which you pointed out that uh, if they don't win tomorrow, eight games without a win, it mm-hmm. would be their longest winless run, a uh, longest winless start, sorry, in the Premier League. I mean, put that in a bit of context. That, that's incredible because there's been some, some season. I mean, they got relegated in 2008, 2009 and yeah. did better than this at the start of the season. Well, that's it. And if that, if that statistic doesn't blow you away, uh, the fact that the last manager to not win in his first eight games was back in 1898. That's incredible. Uh, so answers on a postcard who that <laughs> man is. Because I don't think... I, I definitely wasn't around then. I don't know about you, but... Long time ago, you know, Alan Pardew, you know, it's, you're almost starting to feel sorry for the guy mm. in some ways now because every week they lose, every week he gets wheeled out to speak to the press and, you know, it's just getting more and more desperate. Mm. Andy, come on, give us something to be optimistic about. What is there, what is there that we can hold our, put, hang our hats on, if you will, for this, for this uh, Leicester game? There must be something that you can, you can really put... Well, the, the, the fact that some of the injuries that were wheeled out last week for the international break aren't as, as bad for some of them Tim Krul, um, there's a little bit of confusion with, with, with him but he 
looks likely to be there. But then you've got Paul Dummett looks likely, although we're hearing now as well, Riviere, mm. you know, potentially a blow there, which uh, just kind of puts the mockers on what I'm just saying. But the fact that you've, Tim, Tim Crow coming back is, is big because, you know, we spoke about how important he was at Swansea, how important he could be, and it would have been it would have been a big blow. Um, Cissé continues to be the positive. You know, he needs to be the positive for Newcastle because he's the only one at the moment that looks like he's scoring goals. Um, and if he plays, if he's able to play big minutes with potentially someone alongside him, as we always say, then he could continue to be the big positive. But unfortunately, because we haven't seen anything, we haven't heard anything else coming from the camp, that we're still waiting to see who turns who turns up. Um, Gabriel Lobatan starting tomorrow, interestingly enough. You know, we've spoke about him quite a lot. Um, I mean, just, almost, almost justifiably so. That given the performance, he did all right last last couple of games, and if he deserves it on merit, then fine. But as we've always said, you know, hanging your hat on Gabriel Overton is not something I don't think Newcastle should should be getting used to. Yeah, well, it wasn't what we thought at the start of the summer that we'd be talking about that Gabriel Overton, mm. you know, doing well. But I mean, Lee, you've seen a lot of him play. We've, there's, there's this kind of like narrative that goes around him that oh he's really good talent you know he's got he's got ability he just doesn't produce it. You've seen him play every single time every single time he's played for Newcastle. You've been there every single minute he's played preseason, reserve team football and first team football. Out of all those minutes, how many minutes do you think he's sort of shown that? Because I kind of like I've, I've heard this kind of thing that he's he's got all this talent. But I mean, how many? You know, have you actually seen much evidence that he's this that he's this great player waiting to kind of be unleashed? Well, you can go back to the beginning of his career, and you know where they had the unbeaten start in 2011-12, and they, you know they were flying high in the league, and it was you know it seems a long time ago. Yeah. But he was during them games. He was the outlet for Newcastle. They were under pressure, get the ball to him, and he would you know he would soak a lot of it up. But yeah, he wasn't spectacular. You know, he wasn't a, you know one of these fantastic Stanley Matthews type wingers that we. <laughs> We all would like to see, but you know, f- from his point of view, he was at Clairefontaine. A lot of great yeah. players have come from there. You know, he's obviously had something at some point because you know the the French Football Federation don't normally get it wrong when mm. they're sending people there. So I, I think we've seen it in glimpses. I mean, my mind goes back to uh, a reserve game he played at St James Park, and he played in like a number ten role. And I think mm. he scored that night and set another goal up. And, you know, with all the pressure off and all the cameras away, he actually looked, you know, a bit of a class act. Uh, unfortunately, he hasn't produced it. You go back to pre-season in New Zealand when he wasn't even there. Yeah. And you did think it was the end of him, you know. He was linked with uh, the, the team in France, Evian. <laughs> so, but now we, Newcastle's start of the season being so bad that, you know, Alan Pardew's had to turn back to people that he'd already kind of pied off. Yeah. And, uh Obertan's one of them and you know I, I think I honestly do think had Ben Arthur not got his I was move just about to ask that on deadline day I think you'd have probably had to turn to him as well because yeah. let's be honest it just is not happening yeah. for Pardew at the moment do you think if Ben Arthur had possibly shown a little bit more of the Ben Arthur kind of sorry of the Obertan Attitude. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying Gabriel Obertan's got the, the most fantastic attitude because I think everybody knows that there's probably times when he's a bit moody and, and a bit introspective as well. But do you think if maybe Ben Arthur had been a little bit less sort of vocal in some of the things that he'd said, he'd be starting tomorrow? 
Well, I just think in, in football and in all walks of life, you, you get different personalities, yeah. and Aubertan's a completely different personality of Ben Arthur. Ben Arthur was vocal about things, you know, he, he went off his way to, to, to get people's attention. He, he, you know, he tried to set up the meet and greet with the fans at the bookshop, um, and, you know, he just continued to upset the regime, and as we found out with the, the current kind of board at Newcastle, if you upset them, you're out. It's, yeah. it's an old-fashioned rule. It's, it's like being at school, being kicked mm. out of class. If you cause a disturbance, that's it. You're out, and you're not coming back in. Yeah. So, so Obertan basically had a, you know, whether he had words to say or not, you know, must have bit his lip. Mm. And you know, Ben Arthur's out, and Obertan's in. But you know, if it comes, to, I don't want to sound too gloomy, but no. if it comes to the end of the season when Newcastle scrapping for survival with eight or nine games left, then you know we might need a Ben Arthur. What can we expect from Leicester then, Andy? I mean, they've 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 started well. The one thing I do think is the people of kind of you know they, they do seem to score goals, but they concede a few as well. Yeah, they do. I mean, everyone, you know, they, they got a couple of good draws early, early on, open day of the season. Uh, I think it was a two-all draw against Everton. Uh, you know, Everton flying high last year, not doing so well this year, but a decent draw. Good draw with Arsenal. Always a good draw against them. The main thing has been the uh, the Man United game. I mean, in all, they they, they shouldn't. It's tough to say you should never win those games because you make your own luck. But they, Man United should not let that game slip and they should have hammered them when they were down. They didn't and they got punished. So they do leak goals at the back a little bit like the Man, like Man United. They're, but they're great going forward. Mm. Uloa, well, just probably murdered his surname there. But the, 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 the forward, you know, done, re- done really, really well. They, they spend money to bring him in um, and he looks, he looks dangerous. Mm. Um, but like you say, you know, they're great going forward. But they do ship goals, and I think especially for those teams that especially have just come up, they need to they need to get under their skin early on. And once they do get, you know, whether it's whoever Obertan's got, Cisse's got, whoever it is, as soon as they've got that advantage, they need to hammer them because as soon as you give them a little bit of life, like they did against Man United, they'll come back. And they're you know they're twelfth at the moment, uh, sort of. I think five points ahead ahead of Newcastle in, in terms of the league. They're doing well, mm. so they won't they won't be too bothered if they lose the game against Newcastle. Thinking actually, you know, we've done quite well. We've put some results up, but this would be a great chance for Newcastle. Get one early on and hammer them. And actually, not I don't mean in terms of the score. I mean hammer them is press, press, press all day. Put them under pressure, and you're hoping one, two, then comes the crack, and then Newcastle can can look forward because this is a game. Regardless of where the teams are, this is a game that Newcastle must win, should win, and I actually think will will win. Oof, that's um, a... Which is it's something you know we, we've spoken about a lot of draws, a lot of losses already this season. But you know they, they have they have to. Any sort of optimism we've got around Newcastle, they have to win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's funny, Lee. You were talking about how um, the days when Newcastle were flying high seem a long time ago. It, it seems like a long time since we were last at St James's Park because all we were talking about before that before that home game, the last one. Uh, was this kind of the, the Pardew out um, campaign, you know, this kind of internet phenomenon which had kind of happened in a, in a short space of time, which possibly didn't go off quite as we thought. But there's been absolutely none of that in the run-up to this week. Um, nobody sort of talked about um, protests. Nobody's talked about organised protests or anything like that. But in a way, is that a little bit more dangerous? Because anything that happens tomorrow, if the team doesn't doesn't go well, it is is going to come kind of organically. It's going to be the fans talking, and and, and the pressure's kind of not. It's not so much on Pardew. It's actually it's actually just it's just there, isn't it? There's no there's no sort of 
fans are going to come out and protest. It's just, we're going to give you every opportunity. The fans are going to come out and support you. You haven't really got as many injuries as you'd expect. It's not a too difficult a game. The pressure's on there in a different kind of way in this game. Well, I think I touched on it at the time that organised protests, they don't work. They mm. never they never really have worked. You know, it's, this crowd takes a lot um, for them to completely not explode, but, you know, it, it, to really turn on, on the team, uh, the club or the board, the owner, the manager, whoever it is. It takes quite a lot for them to turn. Now, I, I, I got the feeling after at the Swansea game, um, one crowd chant, which, you know, went along the lines of, we're not very good and we're sick of it. Yeah. Um, you know, that, for me, is a barometer of the... The mood of the crowd when yeah. the, when that song comes out, I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about. When that song comes out, that that's a big sign that the fans are, are disgruntled. And it's happened before under Ashley, and I just got the feeling after the the whole game that it was for Alan Pardew and you know maybe some of the players and staff. It was kind of mopping the brows a bit about the fact that there wasn't a big protest. If they don't do the jobs on Saturday, it, you know if they don't get the ball to CC and CC doesn't put it in the net. And Pardew gets his tactics wrong, his substitutions wrong, and they do lose to Leicester, then you will hear the reaction anyway, mm. and it's spontaneous, as you say, and that that's that's got to be the the biggest fear for for the manager going forward. I know he's trying to do his job, but now's the time to step up and do the job. You know, he, a couple of weeks ago he come out with the the line, "Oh, I'm going to go away and polish my trophy." Yeah, and all that. Me manager of the year trophy. It's like, come on. Mm. But now he's got to, you know, prove your metal. You know, prove your worth. Go out there. Win the game, don't have to get the performance. Win the game, get get this this one ticked off the first win, and then we go from there. And you know, it's a bit of breathing space. Never want to enjoy Saturday yeah. night. However, I get the feeling it's going to be very difficult. And I, I do know Leicester. We know Nigel Pearson who was up here as coach, very thorough coach. Uh, sad to see him go when he went, and he will have the, his lads well organised. I know they're, they're up early here today, and uh, they'll they'll have all the preparation right and. Um, no, any team that puts five past Man United is is a decent team. Mm. I don't think that was a fluke. Do you know what the the interesting thing about it? You, you touched on it there. Say it's not about the performance. They just need to they need to win. And isn't that a worrying worrying thought? At the start of the year in, in the summer, they bring in these players. We think great. They're going to build a really good nucleus around them and start playing good football. And you know the results. You know they'll take a little while, but they'll they'll come. Now we're talking about we just need points. There's been no wins, and actually the talk has gone. Do you know what? Just get you need to get three points, which is a world away from what we were thinking in you know in pre-season. You know these these players coming in, what what can they do? And I just ah, it's a worry. It's, mm. a, it's a, a... Well, the other worry for me is is that Leicester City they won the championship by a country mile last year, didn't they? Yeah, they're, they're used to winning games. Yeah. They're used to getting in a winning positions. It's they're a mentality, used, isn't they're it? They used to keep keeping those winning positions, yeah. and they used to. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. 
Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Seeing games out when they're in front. And that's, you know, I know that they, uh, they, they couldn't be Burnley the other week. They got beat at Crystal Palace as well. Uh, but I think they they they'll fancy coming up here. They're bringing a lot of fans up. Yeah, they're noisy, they're boisterous, they're enjoying being back in the Premier League. This is a dangerous fixture for Alan Pardew. It's interesting, actually. In some ways, it, it might even be better for them to be playing because they go into they go off the back of this 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 sort of easy start that we've kind of talked about, and they start playing some of the the bigger teams, some of the harder teams. Well, actually, last season they did better against those bigger teams. It was. You know, maybe not at home towards the end of the last season, but certainly in the run up to Christmas, mm. they went to Tottenham, got that really amazing yeah. win. Um, started picking off some of those teams away from home, went to Manchester United and, and, and got a really surprising result because the pressure was kind of off. And maybe a little bit of me thinks that Newcastle might have been better tomorrow playing a kind of Manchester City and Arsenal or Liverpool, who are Liverpool the next team to come to St James's Park, because you're kind of thinking. That's not, you know, we're just going to get behind the team because this is a, this is an opportunity for us. And actually, the best performance of the season so far, probably Manchester City on the first game of the season. So mm. it is a tough one. It is a really, really tough one. I mean, Lee, Remy Cabella, I mean, would you would you have him in? I mean, he's been dropped and seems to be made a little bit of a scapegoat for the bad start to the season. Well, if, if Sami Amiobi doesn't make it through this game, who was possibly in contention for a start, then, you know, it's kind of like you've got to... Alan Pardew now has the task of going up to him and putting his arm around and saying, yeah. sorry for dropping me last week. Can you now stand up and deliver a performance for me? You know, it's there's a lot of uh, politics that, that will go on behind the scenes. But Remy Cabela, the clips I've seen of him um, before he signed, very good, skillful player, can score goals, can make goals. I think he's done very well for France in, mm. in the middle of the week against Armenia. So, yeah, he's a, he's a player, he's a talent, but again... It's down to the manager to get that talent out of the player, mm. you know. And I think someone like Cissé, who's obviously firing on all cylinders at the minute, he's doing it because he's a senior player. He knows his responsibility. Cabela's a bit younger and he needs a bit of guidance. Mm. You know, we need to see, we need to see Alan Pardew begin to manage this team yeah. and manage these players because mm. they're not bad players. Mm. They they can't be bad players because you know they've got a proven track record. There's big clubs after Cabela, mm. big clubs after Riviere early in the summer so it's, it's up to the manager to get them players playing now that's the big worry isn't it I think the thing about Cabela is we can all we all saw what happened with Ben Arthur all the talent in the world the big worry with Cabela is just like it cannot be allowed to drift he's a, he's a really really good player I mean Andy you've, you've sort of like been, you did quite a bit of the stats work around yeah. Cabela when he, when he came in and, and around De Jong as well who obviously hasn't played but Cabela in particular I mean do you think uh, do you think it's maybe a bit early to, to be dropping it, him it is I mean I, I and I piece last week um, on that. Actually, I think it is a little too early to, to sort of to judge him or to at least hang him out to dry. Um, the only thing is, you know, I just don't want to go down the hole. These are you know prima donna footballers where we have to pander to them every well. You know, if you're not performing, you, you don't get picked. That's mm. as simple as that. However, young like Lee says, young lad, come in. There's not a lot on him. And you know, and they'll start. There'll be some people putting in some challenges on him, which you won't like, and it's not quite coming off for the moment. But this is where, like he says, this is where the manager's got to put. I think put his arm around him and go, "Hey, you know, you're a good player. That's why we brought you in. That's why we chased you for that long. 
we've got faith in you. And he needs the senior players to come around and go, hey, don't worry, we've got you, we've got you back here. Don't you know? And support, supporting him. And I think you'll get you'll get the best out of him. You know, when when Ben Arthur was playing well, when he was that, that was that kind of confidence player mm-hmm. when things were going well, and you'd make those runs. And that's a, I think a similar thing with uh, with Cabela. Um, I'd like to see him back in. I, I do think he I do think he needs time. Um, but again, he just he needs to be he needs to be managed. I know Pardew with the you know making the smile gesture to him early on. Not really quite sure that was the, the right thing at, at, at the time, but that's the kind of thing that he needs to be. Hey, don't worry, enjoy yourself. You know, you know sorry, but in that, but you know what I think he needs a bit of a minder on the pitch as well. You know, in days gone by, you, you know, you had people like at Liverpool, like John Barnes, and you had Steve McMahon behind him. And if someone started kicking yeah. John yeah. Barnes, then exactly. McMahon I mean, would go, hey, watch what you're doing, yeah. and, and he'd stick exactly. it in. I think that's I mean, what that's, Cabela needs. You're right, you're right. So where's Teoti now? Well, <laughs> that, that's, that's the thing, because he's, like I say, if he's, if he's getting kicked, you know, it's Pardew behind him off the scene, sort of putting his arm around him, but then he's also got, he's got the guys on the pitch, the generals in the mid, you know, Sissoko, Teoto, you know, the captain or whatever, come in. And just putting a little word in, and just saying, "Don't worry, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get him, get him back." Don't you? And protect, physically protect him on yeah. the pitch, mm. because after you see that, if he thinks he'll, he'll start making the injury, he won't mind taking a knock because he knows actually. Do you know what? I've got the guys behind me who are going to come and do the business if it needs to. Suzuko, in particular, uh, thinking back to the Swansea game, I know it was, a, I know it was possibly a foul in the run up to the second goal when he got sort of brushed off the ball, but. It's Sissoko, six foot four, you know, yeah. built like a, you know, big big guy. You know, he's a he's a he's a serious midfielder, and he just got brushed off the ball. I mean, Lee, you must have been absolutely, you know, you must have been absolutely like amazed to see that, yeah. and just disappointed as well because this is a Newcastle United senior player we're talking about. Yeah, it was disappointing to to see to concede a goal in that manner. What what it does look like a little bit is you have people like Teori and Sissoko, um, you know. You've even got people like Colaccini and Williamson and and Dummett at times, and they all look like a team that are playing their own game and doing their own little things, and they're not coming together yeah. as, as as much as you know. The, the reason the teams at the, are at the top is because they link up well. You know, they they go forward together, they come back together. We just seem to be all over the pitch at mm. times, and there's game holes. And you know, yes, it was a positive getting the draw to Swansea. Yes, you know it. It stopped the rot to an extent, but that game could have been absolutely done and dusted by Swansea had it not been for Tim Krull. Yeah. So let's not forget that that it was that that um, that close to being another capitulation, which you know makes it a little bit annoying when Alan Pardew comes out after the game as if he's won the World Cup. Yeah. And <laughs> which is uh, a and you've got theme. a point at Swansea on a day when you could have could have you know been. Heavily beaten, yeah. and I just hope on Saturday night if they do get the win against Leicester, and hey, no one wants to win more than me. If they do get that win, that it comes out shows a little bit of humility yeah. and just says, you know, great win, let's enjoy it and let's move on. I hope he says as little as possible because he comes out and starts saying, oh, it was great for the club and all that and blah 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 blah, and you know, it was one in the eye for the critics and all this kind of nonsense. Then I think he he needs to have a, a long hard look at himself and ask himself. Can I handle the pressure of being at this football club? Because some of his press conferences in the last few weeks suggest to me that he can't. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, as well? I, I do tend to agree with that, actually, as well. I think one of the reasons why he's kind of lost a lot of the fans is because some of the things that he said, in particular after wins, actually, he's not that bad after a defeat because he's actually quite, you know, but I think it's after the wins sometimes. 
he says some things. I mean, he said, he said in the run-up to this game, we've worked harder than any of the teams we've played against. Mm. I mean, you know... So having it wasn't what, the case with Southampton, was it? Precisely, yeah. And <laughs> over the course of this year as well, that I think, you know, yeah, you could probably say in, in terms of stats and things that, yeah, you know, they've run this amount of this amount of miles and stuff but we're not stupid we, we watch the results and we know yeah. what they're doing and I think the point that you make there Lee is absolutely spot on that you know he, he does need to kind of recognise the situation as it is and, and realise that actually you know it, it wouldn't be a massive triumph to, to go and to go and beat Leicester it's a good it's a good win isn't it but it's yeah. it wouldn't be it's, a it's a win triumph. it's three points you know they're still going to be at the wrong off the table mm. and they're still going to need another 33 points just to stay up so let's not get carried away but let's win the game first yeah a uh, bit of a detour because we've we've uh, we've put out two uh, questions we've got uh, Stephen um, we've got Stephen Prague I do believe so I've just been speaking to uh, uh, Pavel Cernicek so uh, Prague's, in, Prague's in the head but uh, he wants to know what's happened to Gail Bigamarana Big, Bigamarana sorry it's, it's, this is uh, oh, we need to get back I'm, to I'm pronunciation bring back Cameron oh dear me yeah uh, but he wanted to know what, what's happened to Gail Bigamarana I mean a name we haven't heard much of well again he's another lad who's, who's came to the club uh, done very well in his first season surely could rub shoulders in the first team you know got stuck in he was Battling a lot, a, very well with Teoti. I thought they complemented each other very well at the time. Scored a great goal against Wigan. I think mm. we all remember that night. And then just flicked off the radar. You know, he's, he's still a young player. Let's not forget that. But to be completely cast aside, I think, is serious questions going to mm. be asked. That is it a case of if you fall foul of the management of Newcastle United or the board or whoever, is that it? You know, can they not work with people? You know, that that's that's a big problem, and I think that's a, it's a real shame for Biggie Romana. And I'm not quite sure how long he's got left on his contract, but he's, he's surely if he doesn't get a game soon, he's he's going to want to leave in January, and that mm. that'd be another good player who'd probably go on somewhere else and, and do a job. Well, it's interesting you say that about strong opinions and things because obviously we all know that we've uh, we, we've been uh, cast into the uh, the darkness for for a while now. But we're not the only ones. I mean, there's quite a few people. There's, there's players, the fans group, NUS, NUST. There's other newspapers, and sometimes you do wonder whether it is a question of strong opinions. If you've got a strong opinion that doesn't agree with Newcastle, it's not a question of kind of like engaging you on it and trying to show you that it's not right. It's actually we don't want to hear from you anymore. Yeah, well, that's it, and it's like. Very sensitive. I mean, if you look at the clubs in the continent, you know, the likes AC Milan, Real Madrid, Barcelona, they don't even respond to criticism. They just go out on the pitch and they get the results. And, you know, if you get the results and everything else comes that, that way with it. If you try and manage what people think, then you've got an impossible job. It's like uh, <coughs> Jim Carrey on that film where he thinks he's God yeah. and he's answering all them uh, emails and prayers and all that kind of thing. So you've just got to, you've got to focus on one thing, the, the big green thing in the yeah. middle of St James's Park, the white thing, stick that in the net more times the opposition, and everything else will sort itself out. Sure. Simple. Well, it sounds simple, uh, but let's go. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the opinions then. Lee, uh, sorry, uh, Andy, you've already said you think Newcastle are going to win. Yeah, go uh, on, justify that. Um, I think they're going to win. I think that they are going to get themselves ahead, and I think that Leicester will not be able. To, they won't be able to keep out Newcastle. That's that that that's the worry. If you if you're if you're a Foxes fan, that's the worry. I would I would be is that yeah they can score goals. That won't be the case all season. Um, and I think that Newcastle will get themselves ahead. And I think 
uh, Leicester will be on the back foot and I, I I think this will be the game that when they go behind that they stay behind um, and I do not I, I'm saying this now uh, I don't think we'll see another you know Man United uh, comeback um, and I think Newcastle will hopefully bit more of a bit more of a shape a bit more of a right we've had two weeks off everyone's refreshed and then they all everyone knows that this game's absolutely huge um and um yeah i, th- I think that because they're likely to ship goals that actually this will be the time when um i'm hoping the rot stops um and newcastle get a, get a win very optimistic there I'm, I'm suddenly feeling absolutely you know can't wait I'll be skipping up to St James's Park tomorrow Lee you in a similar situation uh, on, on paper it's a game Newcastle should win but every game on paper so far they have lost um, I think it could be a draw could, maybe another 2-2 on the cards believe it or not but we'll see uh, it depends on if Leicester can get an early lead I think Pearson is the type of manager where He'll say why, what we have, we hold, and he'll make it very awkward for Newcastle. Yeah, they concede a couple, but you know, I'm sure he'll. If there's any problems, he always seems to get on top of them pretty quickly. Does Pearson? So I think the early goal vital uh, for Newcastle. Build on it, get the crowd on side, and go from there. If they don't get that early goal, then the same old problems may um, come to the fore. And we're, you know, Papi Cisse. Four and three, is it? Yeah, so four and three. Yeah. We're asking a hell of a lot of them to, to go out there and, and get, get another couple. Get the service right, you should do it, but it's it's all down that early goal. But yeah. I have a feeling it could be another score draw. Interesting. I, I don't I don't think they'll lose either, so that's three of us here. None of us think they'll lose. So, you know, we get accused of negativity at, um, on occasions, but I think a bit of positivity here. But we'll be back in on uh, Monday and we'll be... Uh, digesting what's happened over the weekend you know you, you never know in Newcastle you never know what's going to happen so uh, yeah we'll be back on Monday join us then for another uh, another edition of uh, Everything's Black and White How are you doing there? It is David from the David McWilliams podcast and this is a Staycast from Acast We're all following the government's advice right now we're staying in it's a little bit cocooning but it's all working So while you're staying at home, here's a recommendation of another great podcast. It's the Blind Boy podcast. He's an old mate. He's a great skin. He has extraordinarily interesting views of the world. Check it out.